couple of years ago, I was downstairs at the gym when we owned the space in Melbourne. I was cleaning up a little bit and this guy walks in the door. It was a hot sort of sunny day in Melbourne. This guy walks through the door. He's pretty disheveled, looked like he'd kind of just woken up. And he was coming in to see one of our mutual friends, Peps, who owned the physiotherapy clinic upstairs. And after he had finished his treatment, Peps introduced me to this guy and his name turned out to be Andy. And straight away, Andy and I hit it off. It turns out Andy was a DJ, so I was really interested straight away, not because I have any single musical bone in my body or that I have any skill set as a DJ or anything like that, but it just fascinated me, a completely different world. And I, I knew straight away that this guy was an artist and that this guy loved what he did and he had a huge amount of passion for his work and for the change that he created. And so I was really fortunate over the next couple of years to get to know Andy a lot more closely, uh, spend some time with him when he came on one of our movement and meditation retreats and really just find out a lot more about his story and, and what he's up to and kind of his outlook on life as well. And over this time, I've had some really good conversations with Andy or Padula as he's often known. And so I was really excited to get this podcast done with him and be able to pick his brain to find out a little bit more about how he thinks about this concept of creation and creativity. For anyone who runs a small business or owns a small business, uh, bringing creativity or innovation or change into your work is really critical. And this is basically Andy's gig. This is what he does. This is how he sees things. And so I ask him some questions about this. And we also cover some other topics, including overcoming adversity and challenges, how that has shaped his worldview and the way he thinks about stuff. Uh, overcoming the resistance. We talk about Stephen Pressfield's concept of the resistance in a little bit more depth on this one. And this concept of acceptance and, and compassion as well and how this can be a really powerful tool, a really powerful way of looking at things for any business owner or creator. So I'll jump straight into it. I hope you enjoy this episode with Andy Padula. If you know of anyone who might like this, feel free to send it along. That's always helpful. You're listening to John Marsh. This is the Access Potential Podcast. You know, for context around for the people listening or and or watching, uh, what what brings us here? Where are we? What are we doing? What's the space that we're in? Yep. Um, and I guess in that maybe like wrap a little bit around your work and what you do and sure. kind of what you create. I'm really excited about this one because there's this there's this let's say creativity kind of in it, but I think where we're going and, and the kind of stuff that we can cover uh, can add a lot of value to a lot of people, but also is a little bit different as well. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah, variation on the theme, you know. All right, so um, so my name's Andrew Pador. Uh, I've been friends with you for quite a long time and currently... Putting up with me for quite a long yeah, time. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you take the good with the bad, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, but um, uh, it's been a really uh, exciting and 
um, and, and fulfilling experience over the last year, especially with APA and what you've been running. And it's nice to have you back in Melbourne. I met you in Melbourne when you were running the gym. Mm. And so since then, you kind of nicked off around the world, chasing the sun. You kind of settled in Newcastle. So it's nice to have you back. Uh, you would have been in this space quite a few months ago, maybe a year ago with Cole, mm-hmm. when you were doing some recording and it was very different then. Um, so this is my space. This is this is what was once known as Press Studios. This is now Soul Studios. I've rebranded the place. I've also um, spent a lot of time, I guess, refurbishing and, you know, uh, I guess... I guess building the studio around what I need um, to move forward. So yeah, this is Soul Studios. You're in my control room. This is kind of where I work from every day. Um, and so uh, at Soul Studios, we record bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make music. So my background is I'm a DJ and I'm a music producer. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for about 20 years. And... Um, yeah, I, I guess um, I kind of felt last year that I wanted to get more and more into working with more musicians mm-hmm. and more bands. So therefore, I kind of had to reconfigure this place to allow for that. And six months later, this is kind of it. So I'm pretty happy with it. And yeah. it's nice to have you here. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's something that pops up straight away for me that I'd love to talk about. We can cover it now or later, but effectively you're in one sentence kind of the the person on the front of the magazine like the creator who's turning up say at someone else's event uh you know a venue something like that and and creating creating art doing music to transform the space to to bring to bring that energy whatever it might be and then the other piece you talked about was to bring bands in here and there's kind of this sense of connection or platform that sounds like is sort of resonating through that. Does that does that resonate at all? And is that like, in terms of you professionally as an artist or as a creator, um, does that split resonate at all? Like, have you been more of the person performing versus the person collaborating and connecting? Is that changing? How does that land with you in this industry? Like, how does that all sit? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've kind of been both. Yeah. Um, uh, the first part of my career as a DJ, I was fortunate enough to be quite a successful DJ. I traveled around the world, did my thing. And so, yeah, essentially I was that person uh, at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that, However, that was me playing records to a crowd. Um, and this is a very different, uh, this is a very different thing altogether, being in a studio, creating music, working with other people. Um, I think the way I see it, and I don't really think about it that much, I just kind of, I'm just trying to live kind of my best life mm-hmm. and try to be inspired by doing the things that I kind of want to do. Um, and most of those things are creative pursuits. I mean, essentially, we can have that discussion. Everything that anybody does is a creative pursuit. But for me, uh, it's music or art. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of... I, it, for me, it's quite seasonal. Mm-hmm. And those seasons might not last... You know, they might be quite long seasons, you know, years mm-hmm. sometimes. But uh, I'm quite comfortable now 
not just making my own art, but also I feel that I have a lot of knowledge that I can pass on to other people. Mm. I also feel that I'm a better version of myself when I'm getting more feedback and when I've got more community and connection around me. Mm. And I guess bands and musicians, uh, we, we have an affinity because we both do music. So uh, to a certain degree, I think, you know, if you kind of, I, I don't compartmentalize it. I just kind of go, well, yeah, you know, I want to do, I want to make my music, but I also want to then give what I've got to the other bands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We just wait for the visitors to go. <laughs> see you later. Bye bye. You too. Uh, and as you can see, you know, community, it means the people around. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, <clears throat> um, for me, they're one in the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot about feel for me, what I feel like doing. I, I, I'm not the sort of person, and, and I've worked with many people over the years, and, and there, are different, there are different personalities when it comes to creating music or creating art. For me, I can't just get here at 9 o'clock and start making music. Uh, I wish I could because that would be pretty rad and pretty efficient and I probably have a way better output but for me it's it's based on my uh, inspiration to do that um, yeah and I find that when I'm quite isolated you can tell like this room is very quiet room mm. and there's a lot of stuff going on but I'm usually in here by myself mm. and that can be quite isolating so to have more people come through throughout the week and you know, forget about what I'm doing and forget about kind of that line of thinking with my own creativity and just completely give and uh, invest in what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I I feel that's better for me. uh, And I also feel way more buoyant and motivated once I've done that to then get back to my own stuff. Mm. Yeah. 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 The, let's pull it the thread of creativity or we can term it um, change or innovation or whatever, depending kind of on our context. But I think this is hyper relevant. And as I talked about before this podcast, like my main focus at the moment is how to give specific value, right? To people kind of listening or that running a business thinking about doing something. And one thing I think that could be really helpful for all of us coming from someone like you is um, you're very, I would say, in tune with culture. Like we walk outside of this room into the other room, uh, which I'll probably try and film after this, but basically there's posters of um, DJ Shadow and, you know, there's, there's there, I think before there was Snoop, before you redid it, I don't think you yeah, <laughs> Um, and then there's like, you know, Bruce Lee. So there's this old, like from the seventies, nineties hip hop. Um, but you know, Jimi Hendrix. So it's not just music culture, but you know, it's kind of reminds me when I sit with Joey as well, when he created jungle brothers and there's this infusion of culture. And I also sense that you keep the finger on the pulse with this. And part of that is like bringing different changes into your work and even how you show up like you know one day your hair will be chopped in different color or and everything like it's all real and organic but 
I want to talk about this idea of uh, conscious change culture. It's like one step in, one foot in, but then also changing things on your own and not being afraid to tweak things. Because I think for a lot of us, we open a business, we start a project, things start working and we double down and we get this path dependence and we get a process and that's all well and good, but then all of a sudden we're stale. And when you show up into a room, it's not stale. It, it, it's, we don't know what's coming, <laughs> but it's going to be good dialogue. It's going to be good conversation. And it's going to be different to, uh, you know, say someone who just stays in, in the room all the time. And in contrast, you said you're in this little space by yourself. So if you could talk a little bit about what resonates with you there. I know you travel. Like, how do you do that? How could you maybe talk to some of us who might not be as naturally as adventurous in flipping things, you know? Um, why do you do it? How do you do it? What resonates in there? What could you kind of say to us? Um, okay. Um, so thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. One of my friends... How to not be boring. <laughs> one, of my, one of my friends used to say to me all the time, my ex-studio partner used to say, uh, you know, knowing you is like walking through the jungle, you know. You don't know what's going to happen next and you should be very afraid. <laughs> so, so I guess... Um, I don't know. Like, again, it's like... I think anybody... Like, if you, if you speak to a high-level athlete, mm. you know, someone like Roger Federer, Take him, for instance. Roger Federer is not Roger Federer the way you look at him. Roger Federer is just himself. Mm -hmm. He's just doing what he's doing. He's doing it to the best of his ability. He has, he has his own motivators, his own drives, his own inspiration. And he just wants to be the best person he can be. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look at himself. I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know, but I'm sure he doesn't look at himself as from the third person. Mm -hmm. He's just being him. Mm -hmm. He's trying to be authentic, I guess. Um... Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I, I have a very short attention span. So for me, it's like, I need, I need inspiration. I need constant inspiration to come in, but I like it. Like, uh, um, it was only a few years ago that I started considering myself, um, and actually saying it out loud to people that I was an artist mm. before I was just me doing my thing. But I realized, you know, having, I guess, studied other artists and understanding exactly what it is. Um, I would consider myself an artist. So I like art. I like art. Art's inspired by culture. Art's inspired by people. Art's inspired by the misfits of this world. I like that. I mm. like things that are different. Mm. For me, you know, it's funny. I DJ and sometimes, and, you know, 99% of the time, people want to hear what they listen to in the car in their car on the way to the club and they want to hear it again mm. and you know when they go back into their car and drive home they listen to the same thing it's mm. like for them it's just they know what they like and they just that's it mm. I actually in every experience I want to if every experience for me I'm experiencing something that I've never experienced before then for me that's kind of you know that's kind of the line I tow with my life mm. I want to I want to experience new music if you if I don't if I listen to something once, uh, it's great. If I like it, I'll listen to it again and again. But usually that kind of, for me, I use those things as, as stepping stones to different things that I've never heard before. 
Yeah, so it's kind of like what I'm kind of picking up is like if you think of that, um, that kind of the bell curve of the early adopters and the laggards or whatever. You were like right, you were like right kind of up the front where you're looking for the new. Yeah. And maybe what I'm picking up is that's kind of who we are. Like that's who you are. Maybe I'm not as, um, I think it's called neo, neophiliac the person who's searching for that or likes that experience mm. versus the person who puts on the same track every night to sit down and feel that experience. Yeah. So maybe if I'm, because I think as a, you know, if you're part of the culture who also appreciates change and you're running, you know, I know that you, you appreciate certain vibes when you go to the gym, certain vibes when you go to a cafe, you're not looking for a plain vanilla experience. So if we're the owner and our market is looking for that newness it's kind of sounding like we might need to just bring people in, like get yourself, you know what I mean? Versus try to fake it. Or is there little things that you could, you could suggest to someone like myself? I'm slower on that curve than you. I'll look at things for a while and I'll go, oh yeah. And then I'll pick it up. Mm. And I'll also like, you know, some of my, my, I'll play the same Paul Simon or Eric Clapton cream song on repeat. 50,000 times. Like, yeah, there's nothing of, wrong with that. No, it's just different. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, as long as it's not, you know, I don't know, Britney Spears, then yeah. we're good. <laughs> so, so how, like... Sorry, Britney. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, are there things that you do, because some of those things might also transcend yourself and be helpful for others, to look for inspiration? Are you looking for it consciously? You sit down with books or magazines or music like... Uh, looking for more so more so now than I I did before yeah you know because I, I I also understand that you can accelerate that yeah you know I think if you're you know, if you're looking for something in particular you know if I'm like let's say I'm making some music and there's a there's a flavor to it you know, I'll always kind of go back and, you know, let's say I'm making some, you know, some dub music or whatever you know, I'll go back and listen to the stuff that they were making you know um making back then in Jamaica and, and all that sort of stuff, you know? So, because for me that kind of, you know, there's little kind of nuggets which I can take and then interpret, but I don't know. Like, I think that goes back to what you were talking about. I think it goes back to empathy. Mm. I think it goes back to the person's, um, the, the person's character, mm. ego, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, I'll never get it right, man. I've always got ego and I've, you know, I try to, I try to be empathetic. Um, but I think, I, I, I think it's got to do with the way you look at the world and the way you allow things in. Um, I think if you're empathetic, um, I, I think if the ego is not really ruling you, then you can just let things come in. And I also think there's that thing where, um, being open to whatever's out there, mm. I like people. I like people. I don't like, I don't like really expensive restaurants. I don't know. I don't like, I don't need to, uh, to drive a nice car. Mm. I don't want to go and stay in a really nice hotel when I'm traveling. If I go to, you know, if I'm in Vietnam, I'll, I'll get a place that's five bucks, mm. you know, because it's usually around street food. It's usually around where they are being themselves. That's the culture right there. Yeah, yeah. You know, why would I go and spend 800 bucks a night on a place that'll pretty much give me the same experience in Vietnam or India as it would in London or Australia? It's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is, you know what? I'm going to get to this country. I'm going to 
get the uh, I'm going to get into the you know the diviest place that I can that's cheap I don't mind as long as you know there's there's not blood smeared on the walls I'm, I'm cool and then I go downstairs and automatically it just hits you mm. there's street food yeah, there's yeah. music there's sounds there's chickens there's whatever the fuck it is mm. but that's why you travel I always thought about that when we'd go back to like French Polynesia we'd go back on the boat and you'd stay in the same place for like three months two months and uh you'd watch the and so you'd hang out with everyone mm. get to know people and, and hang out on the land and then the cruise ships would come through and they'd be there for like i don't know 36 hours at the most 24 hours something like that and they would basically you'd see you'd see and it's you know if you love cruise ships great but basically <laughs> you'd watch the posse come in do the rounds of the markets, which they'd set up as quickly as possible, then take down and then get back on the ship and go to the next place. And the ship itself was like a container of the thing that they already knew, which was comfortable and of course safe and, um, you know, insulated really insulated from the weather, from the waves, like the ship's so big, it doesn't really feel any of that. And then, um, you don't really get the depth, you know, you get the breadth. Yeah, yeah. It's a different and it, experience. And it's quite unnatural, like if you're looking at it from an outside perspective totally like you are. Like you see this huge, huge monstrosity of a thing, like plonk itself in a place where it really shouldn't be. Yeah. And the vibe changes, you know. Yeah, it's totally weird. And I think, you know, that's I think that's a really that's another thing too. Um I don't know, I think some people have the ability to kind of really read the energy of a room. You know, there's there's so many things that I can tell you, John, about how I do it but at the end of the day if I was to really be honest with you there's just things that I'm born with and mm. things that I've cultivated through experience um, through adversity through self-awareness just things that you know I mean like man I can't walk past someone on the street who's sitting down asking for money without giving him money I, I know that like some people turn around and, oh, you know you're just you know you, you, you've been sucked in mm. so I know Dude, I'm happy to get sucked in. If that helps that person, like, you know, empathy, right? Look at that thing. Like, look at that person and look at the situation they're in to even get to that point where they feel like that's what they need to do to make money. Mm. Even if they're trying to scam you, it's still kind of, I'm empathetic to that. Mm. Whether, it's, whether it's a true representation of where they're at or whether it's a true representation of where they're at on a scamming side of things, mm. I still, yeah, I still have everything. I still have, you know, you, you, you want to prop people up. Mm. Um, so for me, uh, so for the, the creative side of things, you know, I think with APA, there's a lot of, I mean, I don't know, I, I do know how you've done it, but I think it's testament to you, but everyone who's doing this course has just got this really special thing about them. So they've all got their own energy and they're all, I think that everyone's got these, this amount of empathy and this is why most of them are leaders most of them are running businesses most of them are leading people most of them are trying to guide people but again all those people are really trying to educate themselves mm. and get as much feedback and as much learning as they can as well um, uh, creativity is a byproduct of all of that mm. it, it really is you know um Helping someone out is creative. Making music, it's the same thing. Like it's the same stream of consciousness for mm. me as create. 
you know. Yeah, let's let's go into that because if we on a real simple level, and I'm not meaning to downgrade or or, or minimize this concept of creativity, yeah. but let's go real simple. Like I'm a cafe owner, sure. Or like I own a gym or whatever. And one of the cafes I talk about, I'm going to get them on the podcast, which is really cool. This one in uh, Newcastle called Autumn Rooms. And yeah. I, I blog about them sometimes because there's like 15 cafes down this strip. Some of them put the coffee slogan signs out the front. Some of them have cafe discount cards and everyone's trying these different things to get your business. And I'll walk past every time to go to Autumn Rooms. Their service is impeccable. They know what I like, they, the milkshake and the espresso next to it. They're, the way they talk to me is unexpected and different each time. And to me, there's an expression of creativity in what this guy and his wife, Ben and Becky, have created. And it's different to everybody else. Mm. And it, it evolves and changes. It's consistent, but there's creativity in it. And to do that, you've got to go out on a limb. You know, it's like, you know, we both know Vic or Joey or Johan, these people who they're going out on a limb all the time in these different contexts. How, what are some of the challenges that you see um, in your own work when you're creating something, you know, because could be doing a podcast, could be doing music, could be doing anything that we want to express something. Um, what happens to us? Why do we get stuck? Why is it so hard for us to infuse this stuff into our work? Why is it hard for you? Because I'm sure it doesn't change. I'm sure there's just like different goalposts in different contexts. But like, what? Wh why is it hard for us to create to do these things that are that expression of consciousness? Do you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Resistance is a bitch, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it kind talk, of bites. maybe talk about some of your resistance. Like, bites, yeah, yeah. yeah like, what, what, what does that look like? Because. Um, I think we need to bring awareness to it. Sure. You know, people yeah. just have the story, but what's some of the backstory for you? Yeah. So that concept that, you know, everyone you see doing something on Instagram, you know, they're succeeding, they're winning in life. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's absolute bullshit because they're not like everyone's... Hey, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like, I think uh, for me, resistance is like, it comes in many forms. Um, it comes in uh, energy levels tiredness yeah so when i walk in here even at nine o'clock after a rested night of sleep i'm tired i don't do work um i will get hungry i've just eaten an hour ago and all of a sudden it's just procrastination it's resistance it's all these sort of things i go through it every day um i've been able to create a career out of what i do uh on the most basic level, I'm still fighting resistance. This year has been a huge year of trying to identify what that is and overcome it. So I'm, I'm kind of calling out all those things. Mm. How do I combat that? Um, there's many things that are kind of some a cliche, but they're cliche for a reason because they work. There's many things that I'm trying to adopt and trying to play with. So you talk about the cafes, very simple. Who are you trying to attract? Super niche, who are you trying to attract? What's the music you're playing? Is it inviting? What's the lighting in there? 
are there plants like knowing all those things mm. you put a pot plant in the window you're playing you know some good music and you give me a smile when I walk in you've already got like tick three things off for me I mean mm. I'm sold yeah no. I remember your order and little things yeah. little things little things what do you do you know stop looking at I, I think a lot of people and I do it as well you know they're looking holistically across the board you know what what existential thing can I change to to do all this it's no little things mm. like you know um, there's a plant in this room it helps me be creative there's plants throughout all my stuff yeah uh, self-awareness and then implementing these things for yourself yeah you know that kind of helps um, let's um, I want to pick up on this resistance and I want to make this real clear so if you're listening a lot of this is based off of I'm sure it's not only his work, but Pressfield's work, which he introduced the con Stephen Pressfield wrote a book called the war of art. And he introduces a concept called the resistance capital R. And the basic premise is that any single thing that's getting in the way of us basically doing our work is not actually real. It's a representation of this force that he terms a resistance whether that's I'm hungry I've got to get up and go do something I mean of course you've got basic needs but this is like those extra bits right mm. like it's not lunchtime and I'm hungry or mm. whatever I don't feel like working um, I need to take a break because I did too much two weeks ago mm. uh, I uh, you know in his world it goes all the way into mental health depressed anxiety for him those are resistance of course, I think there's a conversation there. And I think the other part of it is accepting that. I think a lot of times the resistance is okay for you, the resistance to beat you as well, to get to stop you. Um, but I think it was just worth reeling that in because basically if you're listening and you've got this thing that you want to do and almost any excuse that you put down, if we were to all three of us sit together, we can find a workaround on that excuse and therefore that excuse is resistant do you have anything to add to that or to um bring into that kind of idea because i think this is this is the barrier yeah, yeah. right I, I think it's like uh, uh, all right so joe rogan yeah he his podcasts are with i guess i guess the highest end of people doing their shit in the world he's getting high-end people every person he's that goes on that you. podcast uh, well you know not yet anyway but Every person that goes on that podcast gets a copy of the War of Art. Do they? Yeah, he gives a he gives that copy to everyone there. Does he really? Everyone. That's sick. I didn't yeah. know that. So he gives a copy out to people. Yeah. Um, Did he get that idea? From that? Oh man, no, no. I think you're the innovator <laughs> on that. <laughs> but you know, uh, you're in good company. But that's what I'm like. Even these people. Yeah. Who is getting on? The the highest end. So. At the end of the day, resistance is part of the process. Be okay with that. Acceptance and just kind of finding ways to work around it and, and, and letting it come in. Um, anxiety and depression, that's a, that's, a, that's a perfect example of that concept of letting it come in. Mm. When you resist that, it just, it just <laughs> magnifies, man. Mm. It, it can completely stop you in your tracks. It can completely destroy your life. Yeah. But the first step to 
getting over that for me anyway was just kind of going all right well this is happening just be okay with that why is it happening i don't know or maybe it's because of this or these are the you know um you know these are the triggers maybe i'll work on those things um yeah so resistance is going to be there there's nothing you can do about it um do the work get in here do the work you saw when i came when you came in i was doing my you know i was doing my finger drumming practice because i've got to do it i've got to stay i've got to stay sharp on that sort of stuff you know i've always got to kind of constantly do the work um yeah uh, yeah. Um, it's a real simple concept isn't it you either do the work or you don't do the work Mm. Uh, and you know that resistance is going to show up but you know don't be hard on yourself if you don't do the work and you know, don't be too ecstatic when you do do the work either. Yeah. Because that's those highs and lows can really kind of really screw the balance of of trying to get it right. Mm. You know, be okay with your process when it slips up. Be okay with it. You know, if you have that piece of chocolate cake and you know you're trying to lose some weight, it's fine. You're not gonna you're not gonna remember when you're on your deathbed. You know, in sixty years time that you had that piece of chocolate cake. Mm. You know, sounds like a conversation that's getting towards like there's this there's this strength and compassion and acceptance that's coming through, kind of that's kind of resonating from what you're saying. But then there's also this this other piece which is matching that, which is like, well, did you do the work or not? Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's it's this balance, right? Like it's like the the compassion or the acceptance, and then the I guess, you know, um, thinking to that Krishnamurti idea, which is how you're actually living versus how you perceive yourself to be living. Yeah. The, the chocolate cake example is, you know, and I've, when I owned the gym, we would get this a lot of times. How's everything going with your food? Oh, wonderful. Like I, I gave, stopped eating processed foods, you know, for the, for the month. And, but then, you know, there'll be the packet of biscuits that they conveniently forgot about two nights ago. Or <laughs> when you sit with them, the actual reality is not matching to how we're perceiving ourselves yeah. to walk. And I think as the creator, it's kind of like what I'm hearing is like, we need the compassion and acceptance. And if we don't actually do that work, the thing doesn't ever get done. And that's very, that's very cut and yeah. dry. Yeah. Well, I mean, creation comes from, for me, I think for everyone, creation comes from experience, um, inspiration. Yeah. So all that stuff, all the, all the stuff, the crap stuff that happens, that's, where, that's, that's the juice. <laughs> like, that's the fuel. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So, you know, if you flip that mindset and you kind of say, well, that's, you know, that really shit thing happened and, you know, or you can turn around and go, oh, that relationship sucked, but, you know, I kind of got a couple of nuggets out of that and, you know, the... I'm thinking like this, fuck, I'll write a song about it. Mm. Done. You know, that's kind of come from that. Um, I said on the call, there's a couple of things that I've been resonating with uh, the last couple of weeks. And and, um, and I've started seeing someone lately and, you know, she's been a, an incredible perspective, different perspective for me to see, you know, what I'm doing. It's a different lens that mm. I'm seeing it through. You know, but that concept of, you know, um, 
how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. And the concept of, you know, we're meaning makers in a meaningless world. You know, we define our world with our eyes, with our ears, with our voice. What we, we design it. Mm-hmm. We design it. So um, for me personally, go, you know, going through all this sort of stuff and just kind of going, well, you know, there's all this stuff. I'm resisting work and I'm, I'm not feeling great about myself and all this sort of stuff. Like, mm. I'm designing that. Mm. I'm going to get that result. Mm-hmm. You know, I know you, you hear it every day. <laughs> you hear it every day. But it needs to be reinforced. Oh, it's absolutely It real. needs to be reinforced, yeah, yeah. man. And, and it's just like, you know, you've seen with... You've seen people develop intimately over the year with APA. And you've seen how they've gone from here to here. Mm. And you've seen how they've dealt with stuff. And some people are really vulnerable in, and, and open to, to explaining that and to, um, to sharing that with others. And, um, yeah, I think, yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I know I'd hate to condense it into that really simple thing. Like, it's just like, it is what it is. Take it, move on. But that's kind of it, isn't it? Like, you fuck up, you just move on. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, and that's that thing. I think people just completely obsess about what they're not doing, mm. you know, what they're not seeing. Man, yeah. sunshine's out there. Like, it's yeah. there's an ocean out there, you know, somewhere for you to go and sit down. And I don't know, man. This has all become secondary to me. You know, the matters of the heart are primary. For me, connection... Um, relationships, all that sort of stuff is more important than this. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I'm becoming like way better at this mm. and I'm outputting way more because it's a reflection of my life. And if I'm constantly in here just doing this, then there's no context. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, you know, that person... That's, 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 that's very true and I've been in that trap a lot. Absolutely. Because you double down with through focus, yeah. your work elevates, all of a sudden out of left field you're struck and you're everything's so stale you're exhausted and nothing's elevating anymore and you can't figure out why yeah you walk outside and say oh that's what i needed to do yeah you know if you're lucky enough to be able to actually see things like that yeah if you're lucky enough to be able to walk outside and go oh that's what i needed a lot of the time they're oblivious Mm. people are oblivious we've all been there Mm. you know it's just you you've got this picture in your head about this is who I am. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's stiff. <laughs> mm. It's concrete, man. And, you know, you've got to be flexible and you've got to be open to, to all those things around, man, all those things around. Um, more important to have the tools than to have the output, the outcome mm. tools. Uh, adversity. Yeah, challenges, hurdles. Love them. <laughs> you can't get enough of them. You, <laughs> bring them on. <laughs> you had you talked about this being the juice, and um, I don't know what you want to talk about in terms of what topics or how where you want to go, but if you can share, uh, because we've all felt this, and one of the things that's really resonated with people on on past episodes is when. We've talked about that, you know, and not necessarily spilling your guts on everything. But I think 
because it's a human thing, um, how you've come into adversity or things that have happened and the impact it's had and kind of where you've gone, if there's anything you want to share on that front, because I know that you've gone through your fair share, especially the last you know couple of years that I've known mm. you, um, is anything come to mind in terms of how you've moved through that, the impact it's had, what you've learned? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm happy to share it because I know that there are a lot of people out there at the moment that, you know, I mean, everyone every day will go through something like that, you know. Um, so, you know, for, for the last three years, been, man, the last 15 years have been pretty tough for me. But, um, you know, from that identity change, like huge identity shift where I wasn't there to catch it. Yeah, this was pivoting from being like DJ, rock star DJ. Up there, yeah. all of a sudden, just done. Had, you know, massive anxiety attack, panic attack whilst I was driving in the car, blacked out, went across four lanes on a freeway. You know, things change after Was that, that. when you were DJing? And that, that was, was the That was, no, that was kind of... Um, um, what happened? The, well, there was, I had this really high point yeah. This really high point where uh, I won a competition. It was a it was an international competition run by Heineken and also some of the biggest DJs in the world. It's called Founder Thirst, and and basically it was trying to find the best up and coming DJ each year. And I ended up winning that throughout Australasia. Um, and coming to the world ones, um, I didn't end up winning that on a technicality whatever you call it um in hindsight you know i mean you look at it now that was 15 years ago i really like i've i've processed it and it's cool mm. um it probably saved my life to be quite honest with you you know everything happens for a reason but you know there was so much expectation around me and had i had done that like you know the 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 industry was open to me as much as i wanted you know I was touring with the biggest djs you know pete tong from the bbc tiesto all these guys who at the time were massive, like they were absolute rock stars. And I was there touring with them. And so, you know, coming back to Australia, I was doing all the big gigs, all the big festivals. And then that thing happened. You know, those finals happened throughout all of that. And all of a sudden it just kind of, that trajectory just changed and it, everything just switched off. And the attention, the attention that was coming to me was done. Mm. And, um, yeah, I really struggled with that. And then, you know, and, and I was also, you know, there was relationships which weren't going well, toxic relationships, uh, relationships with my parents. It, it just, it all, it all was just kind of pressure cooker. Yeah. And then it just kind of, you know, it blew up and I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't have the tools. Um, so, yeah, I didn't have the tools. So it was, um, that was a few years of trying to deal with that and trying to sort that out. Um, but it made me dig deeper, you know, you, you become more self-aware and, you know, and, and, you know, anyone who goes through that kind of anxiety and depression, like, you know, the thing is the, the, these are, you know, it's, I saw it as my, as a, it's actually an ally. You know, a lot of people look at this stuff and go, oh man, it's fucking, you know, it's, it's like my enemy. Were you going to, with that mentality, you're going to get those results. Mm. It's your body telling you, man, like, 
you got to change something. Something's got to change. The stress levels are too high. We can't handle it. Mm. Like you're overloading me. Mm. So, you know, start looking at things like that and you can kind of go, all right, well, I get it. It's communication. It's all this sort of stuff is. Um, over the last three years, you know, you, you, we, we had, um, you know, I lost my mom and I lost some family members and we had a, you know, my mom and my cousin passed away on the same day and that was really tragic. I was, uh, that was three years ago before I met you. Yeah. That was three years ago. Uh, it was three years ago last month. Yeah. And that was really, you know, you, you watch, you know, two of the closest women you have in your life. Mm. And for me, it was, it was my cousin who was my best mate and my mum, who was my maker and my mother, you know, and they both were diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, within a week apart, within wow. a week of each other, and they both passed away on the same day. Wow. Um, so all that kind of, that whole timeline and that process and seeing them go through that, and then ultimately what happened at the end, I, I kind of feel like there was a greater design. There was a, you know, there was a, there was a universal design in all of that. I still don't understand what it is, but, you know, I, I, I have faith in it. But yeah, so overcoming those sort of things were really difficult and it's not something you just kind of sit down at a table with a, with a notepad and go, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to process this. It's just time, man. Mm. You know, it's just time and, you know, it's taken me about three years. Mm. Uh, I can honestly say that um, as much as I miss them, I love them and all that stuff, you know, they'll, I'll never forget what happened, but I processed it. I think I am a stronger person because of it. Mm. I think, you know, compassion, empathy, connection with people, they've become really important to me because of that. Mm. Because you realize that you, <laughs> the only thing you have left are the memories you have with people. That's the only thing you have, you know. Um, and that's become a big driver for why I want to make music. It's just to create memories for other people and myself and you know and maybe just kind of tell my story through my art um but it's not for any fame it's not for the money it's definitely not for the money that's for sure mm. um but yeah i guess you know those those experiences define us don't they you know i know about your story with you know your your your, your triathlon with your businesses with everything you're doing now you know i mean if you didn't go through that stuff with the triathlon if you didn't have parents like you had Man, that, that defines you. That becomes, you become it. Mm. I think you're right. One thing that jumps to mind is this idea of processing. And I was speaking to somebody else about this who's just gone through some stuff. And, um, you know, we were talking about, it's like you're in a car and you're driving over a speed bump and you got two options. One, you can accelerate or two, you can slow down. Nobody ever wants to slow down on speed when they're looking for the little bit on the side <laughs> where, you can, where you can just keep it in fourth yeah, gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, if you accelerate, the, the load that that puts on the chassis, on the whole thing, it's like, it's gonna, it's gonna have to be dealt with. And, you know, there's nothing we can really, like you said, time, there's nothing besides patience, besides space. Um, yeah, there, there really nothing is nothing. Really there really do. is nothing. There's no pill. It's time. It's time. It's time. And usually it's more than what we think. Yeah. And even when it's done yeah. or processed, it's like you just said, a part of us. Yeah. That memory is there and it's, it leaves the imprint. And yeah. that's, 
that's 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 a beautiful thing as well. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's never got it's it's never really gone. No, no. Um, and you know, the funny thing is different for everyone. In my family, you know, I've processed it in my time and in my way. Other people are still processing it, and mm. they will mm. forever. Or they may get to that point where they can let that go, still remember it, but they can let that go. But the funny thing about, I like the analogy about the speed hump because <laughs> I've been driving around with something really heavy in my boot for the last week, right? Yeah. So every time I go over the speed hump, I know whether I'm doing that because it just crashes, bang. And it's actually a breakable thing. <laughs> I'm actually scared to open up the boot because I'm crashed it quite a long, you know, quite many times. But it's funny when you do go over that thing slow, but there seems to be a flow. Mm. Everything is in flow state. Mm. The thing at the back doesn't move, doesn't break. Every there's no big crash. It's a really good analogy, actually. But well, it's to say I felt similar things coming out of different businesses when you sell or you exit or you leave, and effectively your, you know, for want of a better word, purpose at the time is gone. Your vision's gone, mm. and it's a different, uh, a different form of disruption. But basically, it's like your floor is pulled away. What do I do? I wake mm. up. I'm not doing the accounts. I'm not doing whatever it is. And it's the same thing. You want to speed over that, and you want to you want the next the next idea, the next thing straight away, mm. because it gives you something to latch onto, something to identify with. Uh, mm. But it kind of is resonating with me at the moment. Is like. It's not a trauma in the same sense, but there's an upheaval. Yeah. And it's like whenever there's the upheaval of some sort, it's like, eh, it's going to take some time. Let it, let it sit, you know. Um, maybe this might, I mean, this, this, is, this would add to the conversation, you know, <clears throat> being process-driven as opposed to being outcome-driven is a mm. huge thing. And that's been my biggest shift for me. You know, having passion for the learning is massive. Because I think if you have passion for the, you know, Vic, perfect example, you know, um, Aaron, perfect example, Joey, perfect example, Amy, all those guys, Timor, all those guys, Johan, everyone I've spoken to, you know, it's finding the passion to learn because then, again, it's about the tools. The, the, the situation's always going to be uncomfortable. It's never going to be the way you want it. But if you can approach those different situations even improvise when those things happen mm. unbeknownst to you and you can deal with them, <clears throat> then that's kind of where you're really, you know, you're coming from a, a place of strength yeah. as opposed to a place yeah. of weakness. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> having passion for the learning, Yeah. you know, going, all right, well, fuck that, that chapter's done. Let's move on to the next one. There's, you can either bring anxiety, uncertainty, all those things to it, or you can go, man, I'm going to learn something new mm. you can bring excitement you can bring motive, motivation inspiration energy i think from the people that i um that i look up to my mentors uh, that's the one thing that they have they have that energy to learn mm. and they bring that energy to something new and um and knowing that things, like everything comes to pass, man. Mm. Whatever you identify with your business, your relationships, all these sort of things, whether it's through time or through death or whatever it is, everything will come to pass. 
So know that everything's got a shelf life. One day I won't be in this space. Mm. It's bottom line, you know. And if I if I feel so much identity and I hold on to this, that's going to destroy me mm. when that time comes. Otherwise, I can just turn around and go, right, man, that was really cool. That was rad. Now to the next rad thing. Let's go. What am I going to do? All right, I'm going to move to an island. Yeah, I think this is kind of cool because it comes full circle. I've been talking a lot about this process, the same exact concept. Uh, from the perspective of, it's like the from the perspective of the creativity, from the perspective of creating things, getting your work out there, creating good work, and it's like, it's like if you, you know, it's that that age old thing where it's like if you have a process if we find a process that you fall in love with that you can repeat every day for probably 10 times longer than what you think mm. uh you're gonna create something amazing it will happen and there's a like you said i think there's what i see a, a very clear line when someone that i sit with exudes a passion for the process around the thing that they're doing and someone who doesn't and it's outcome or the, there's a specific goal but the there's a, almost a shying away from the process or a looking for ways to shortcut the process mm. um you almost can't compare the two in terms of what ends up popping up at the end i guess in terms of reframing that as a question is <clears throat> have you found ways that that applies to your work and what is a process? Is it a time of, like for me, it's a time of day I do my work, but we're all different. Is there ways that you have created or found um, ways to look at that for your work that's been helpful to get through, say, the resistance or to create your stuff? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think especially kind of with the way I'm approaching my work now, because there's, uh, because the, the body of knowledge required to do what I want to do, a lot of it's not there for me. So for me, I'm able to kind of do these, a specific thing that I do is I do three or four studies a day. So I'll go in there and I'll work on, you know, the new machine that I've got. I'll do a couple of tutorials on that. And that's a technique thing. I'll move on to that. Then maybe I'll do a half an hour study on a compressor how that works, that particular compressor works, or how that piece of equipment works. And then I'll go through maybe some new plugins, listen to some new sounds, um, and maybe set up, you know, some, you know, set up, let's say, a management system of all those sounds. So when I do kind of want something like that, I can just go to it. Mm. So setting up platforms that I can work on and knowing how to use shit. So when it comes to actually doing it with, you know, with artists, I can implement those things. That's half a day's work, but automatically you've created, to work a compressor, you need to run a sound in there. Once you run a sound in there, you've actually created a sound that you kind of go, oh, that's really cool. I can use that. So in actual fact, I'm creating as I'm learning, mm -hmm. which is really cool. Um, I've been stuck so many times in my career going, oh man, I'm going to do that. And you know this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this every month. I'm going to create an album in six months. And it's just like, if you don't have the basic skills to do that, mm. if you don't get, the, if you're not in love with the process, something's going to happen outside of your life, you know, outside of this life. And it's going to throw you Yeah. and you're not going to have, and then you're going to feel shit about it because you haven't done that thing. Mm. And it's like, instead of going, Oh man, I have this specific goal. I'm going to make an album. I mean, it's okay to do that, 
but you need to have that skills and you need to have the process down enough and the confidence that everything that you've put in place will allow you to achieve that outcome. Mm. But to kind of ideally go, it's like, you know, you see it with, I see it with artists all the time. I'm going to release it now. I'm going to be famous. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not, you're not doing it. You're not doing anything any, every day. Yeah. So, so basically from what you're saying, it sounds like if you are so, if you find that process as part of who you are, you get all the way, say it's creating an album, you're, but you're creating music as the process each day, yeah. whatever. You get all the way to the end of the year and you're walking across and you're about to take your album to get it like published or whatever and a car runs over the thing and you lose your USB and you lose the whole thing. You're still 100% good to go because your process is in place. That the external thing happens in life can't stop you. Yeah. Like you basically, it's your insurance policy to, to basically get what you want. Even if it takes you 10 times the time for whatever reason, you've doubled down on the process. It's the tools, man. Yeah. It's the only thing really. It's the tools, man. You can apply them in anything. You know, it's not about the outcome. Mm -hmm. If I make a beat a day and it goes, you know, it's a 30 second beat, but through that beat, I've learned technique. I've learned something new. My skills as a producer have increased. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. It's a good day. Yeah. I don't need to create a masterpiece every day because what I'm doing is I'm chipping away at a masterpiece. And that's, that for me is a whole different thing. It's a different way of looking at it. Um, I worked with someone for a long time, Chris, my, the guy that used to work in here with me, we worked for years. And man, that's something he did really well. Like every day I just, yeah, for me, it was, all right, I'm going to get in the studio. I'm going to set up this and I'm going to put this incense on and I'm going to have the lamp here and I'm, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to blaze a joint and I'm going to go to the, I'm going to do 10 hours of it. I smoke a joint. I'm in bed half an hour later. <laughs> the, the, the drive isn't there to the, 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 I guess the, the energy behind that drive isn't there. But if you do little bits and pieces every day and he did that really well. And Patience. he makes passion for the process. Passion and patience. For, and patience, yeah. And, and, and like, you know, and knowing that, you know, things take time to build. Mm. You know, it's that, that whole thing. It's like, I don't know, be the tree, be, be the fruit tree. Like, you, you just can't, you, you can't plant a seed and then the next day you're picking the apple. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like, and I think that natural process, the, the older I get, the more I see that that natural process in nature, everything that's happening around, it's like, man, I love my plants. I water them, I give them sun. And in the morning, you know what I'm doing, man? I get out my bed, I stand in the sun, and that's why I love summer. I stand in the sun in my jocks, I drink some water, and I just kind of stay there for 15 minutes. Mm. And I kind of feel like, all right, that's that's my that's my fuel, that's my juice. I can go now. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think um yeah, uh, the process, man. Uh, just, yeah, patience, process, you know, defining what you really want, um, defining what you, you know, I know it's like going from, you know, finding those things that are important to you, man, or whatever that is, and then just cultivating those things. Just, like, it's funny, this is the first time in my life where I kind of don't go, you know, if you look at my whiteboard, there's nothing like, you know, do this on the album, do this on the album. Don't worry, man, I can double down when I need to. But 
it's not something, you know, I just walk in here and I put something on and I play around and I pick up a guitar and I put it through some shit and it's just like, yeah, man, that's fun. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It's, uh, it takes a while, man. It takes a while, you know, to really get that. And I, and I admire all those people that are doing it at a really young age. And I think, I think you really young people right now, I, I, I think that they're the best generation I've seen so far. As much as people shit all over that generation, like anyone like 18 or 20 and young and younger than that right now really impress the shit out of me right now. Like they really impress the shit, especially artists mm. and especially the drive and especially like, like the, the heightened awareness about everything going on in the world. I, I think it's, it's the best generation I've seen. So, you know, I'm really kind of, I don't know, that excites me. Yeah. That excites me, you know. Um, but yeah. Cool. I think some huge takeaways in, you know, we, in the context we sit here in a, in a studio, you make music, but I think one of the big things is, you know, a lot of what you talk about resonates with me uh, because I think this concept of the process, the resistance of adversity, of moving through this stuff, um, doing the work, I think it transcends all of that. I think it's really cool. So thanks for sharing all that. Is there anything else that you want to add that you're excited about? Any of that sort of thing? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but I, I think, you know, one thing that I always try to remind people is that anything they do is the creative process. Anything, anything you do is the creative process. You know, don't consider yourself, you know, I hate when people say, I'm not a creative. Mm. Man, you're living your life, dude. You're creating every day. You're creating what you are. Yeah, like, I, I appreciate that. I, I think you know, that's valuable. You know, look at that, look at that from everything you do yeah. as part of it's creation. You know, anytime you add create into a sentence, like you're, you're the artist, you know, and even if you're not doing anything that you consider art, your life is your masterpiece you're creating it um and it really does end up the way you actually make it so you know i think everyone can see them as if everyone can see themselves as artists uh i think that's uh i think that's very powerful i kind of like that i think you could probably coin something here with that it's like you know what how are you going oh i'm really busy i've got a bunch of meetings it's like what you're talking about the language because i'm a big believer in language totally it's like if i flip it while well, i'm creating an experience with andy today yeah. and then at two o'clock we're creating a meal together at feast yeah. of mirror with the apa crew everything's like up. When, yeah, when you start to look at that everything's it's like, up, man. let's go write this new experience together yeah. and what that also does is it brings presence because i'm not fully there creating it if i'm also elsewhere you know yeah. what i mean so it's a cool I think it's a powerful um you should you should trademark that somehow i think that's powerful. I'll, I'll find a way i'll find it and just an add to that when you start thinking like that you know if you can think it like you know frequency spectrum higher frequency thinking that's higher frequency thinking man you attract more of those people in your life you attract mm. more people that are willing to create willing to create with you at that are creating um and when you create a lot of the negativity is kind of pushed aside in that process. So it's kind of almost like it's, it likes, it's, it's damning, you know, when you damn something and then you release it and it just washes all that stuff away. That's kind of, you do that more and more. You just kind of get this flow. Yeah. You know, people talk about flow state, but, um, yeah, no, there's a t-shirt coming. <laughs>
Awesome. All right, brother, we'll, we'll probably, I don't know how our time is, but we'll, I think we'll wrap it up there and we can always do another one at some point. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for having me in. Man, thanks for being here. Um, Soul Studios. Soul Studios. That's where they'll be able to... Soulstudios.com.au. Yep. Uh, Johan's on the case. Uh, the website will be up. We're doing a launch on the 13th of December. We've got a couple of bands in here. Um, and yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're looking at giving a lot back to the community as well as creating some really cool shit in here. Um, look really excited about summer. Um, the, the, the rebrand is just looking amazing and it's, you know, truly representative of what we want to do in here. Yeah. And yeah, I'll, um, maybe I'll, I'll put some information out at a later date through, you know, through, through you and through your network. Yeah that we can kind of, um, yeah, you can, we can link people to it. Love it. Great. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Done. Done. Thanks, bro. I'll get a um, photo too. Yeah. So in this episode, you heard Padula talking about the APA program or the Access Potential Academy. We were incredibly fortunate to have Andy join us for this first round of the program. And we're now getting excited because we're going to ramp it up for round number two, which is kicking off in 2020. So this is a six-month program for business owners, creators, freelancers, people who are following that thing that they love, that thing that they're passionate about. Maybe it's fully-fledged business. Maybe it's a kernel of an idea. But you're looking to level up. You're looking to move through the resistance. You're looking for a community of like-minded people, smart people who are doing great work, who can perhaps help you on this journey. So if you're interested in finding out more about this, there are still some spots available. However, they are going fairly quickly. But send me an email at john at johntmarsh.com. And I'd love to find out what you're up to in the next six to 12 months. I'd love to find out your story, what you're doing, what you're interested in, what you're passionate about. Thanks for listening today. I'll see you on the next episode.